G'day guys, welcome to another Guitar Week podcast. I am your host, Troy McCubbin. Thank you for joining us. If you're a new uh, listener, thank you so much for taking the time to check us out. We have over 254 episodes that you need to catch up on uh, with lots of different guests from Robin Ford to Joe Bonamassa to Albert Lee uh, to John Sir. Everyone, it's been a lot of fun and a lot of drunk and crazy nights as well. So go back and check them out. But thank you for joining us. Uh, If you want to support the show, you can do by going to Patreon slash GuitarWank.com and support us there. It's less than a dollar. I think it's less than a dollar a week. (laughs) It's it's really cheap. So you can support us there and you'll get free lessons off. uh, Well, they're not free. They're less than a dollar. But you get lessons off Bruce Foreman. He posts uh, lessons there every week. So you have a bunch of them to catch up on. We have over 30 guitar lessons from Bruce on there. And it supports the show and keeps the lights on. So we really appreciate that. Uh, And if you don't want to do that, up your bum. Now you can go to any social media and uh, share the podcast or give us a great review. Lie if you must. Anything will help. Just talking about us will help this podcast. You can just say anything at this point. Just do whatever you want. But no, we really appreciate the sport and we're trying to give you new content. And I think these dumbbell... Dumbbell. (laughs) Dumbbell stories. Ah, I've only had one glass of wine. I think these dumbbell stories are, are really cool and interesting. I'm enjoying them and it seems like a lot of you guys are enjoying them too. So, uh... Big thanks for uh, listening and checking them out. So sit back. Uh, We won't carry on anymore. Enjoy the show. And again, thank you so much for listening. Be safe out there and uh, we will catch you on the next one. This is episode 255, I believe. So uh, we're getting up there, which is great. They thought we'd be dead by now. But anyway, we're still going. All right, guys. Thank you so much. We'll talk to you later. Ta-da! Ta-da! Hey, man. Hey, Bruce. Hey, Troy. Can you guys see me? Yeah, we can see you. Okay. Sorry, I got to eat my dinner as we talk, but that's okay. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, All right. I got to come back into reality. Dude. Okay. Sharp. Hey. (laughs) What's happening? Not much, man. I just finished watching the Rams beat the 49ers. <laughs> Same with Bruce. <laughs> Amazing, man. Wow. Wow. I really didn't expect that. I mean, I'm the world's biggest Rams fan, but I, I thought San Francisco would, would beat them, and I'm so happy that they didn't. Oh, you're a Rams fan. That's awesome. Well, congrats, yeah. man. Yeah, so I'm really happy. I, and I, I, didn't ex- a- I didn't expect the Bengals to beat the Chiefs either. So that was a bit of a surprise. Yeah. Well, Super Bowl for LA. Yeah, playing the Rams playing in the Super Bowl in their own stadium. Pretty exciting. Yeah. And yeah, you, know, you know what's cool about that? That's right next to one of our houses. So um our house is gonna be rented out for a big Super yeah. Bowl party, I imagine. So that, that makes Yeah, I've already bought my five thousand dollar Super Bowl ticket. <laughs> you did? <laughs>
<laughs> yeah, I sold like all my guitars and I'm going to go to the Super Bowl. Nice. You should. <laughs> Are you sure you didn't just you get a big screen TV and a bunch of hookers? <laughs> well, that too. <laughs> that'd, that'd be awesome. Dude, you know, this is a this is a momentous occasion that we're all together in 2022. Yeah, absolutely. Dude, we haven't seen, we haven't, I haven't seen, well, I haven't seen you, Scotty, for a while and all of us together. This is, this is like guitar wank reunion shit. Yeah. Hey, are we, are we live? Do, can people hear what we're saying? Oh, this is fucking live, man. There's no holding back. This well, well welcome to everybody to our podcast. Welcome our audience. <laughs> Hello, everybody. <laughs> Um, it's always live because I don't edit anything, so it's might as well be live. Okay. So I, mean, I see, I, I, I see you, Scott, out there whoring yourself to another podcast. What did I do? <laughs> oh, he goes right for it, man. He doesn't even like wait a yeah, while. He I doesn't see. even like, get comfortable. He just like it's big, you know. Bitch slaps you right off the bat, huh? Right. Hey, I see you out there, Scotty, whoring yourself on all these other podcasts. I thinking, didn't. Thinking, thinking they can ask you questions that we already haven't asked on Guitar <laughs> Wing. <laughs> I'm so boring, nobody can possibly ask me anything I haven't already said. <laughs> no, I love it, man. You should let us know so we can promote on Guitar Wing too. I didn't know I did any other podcasts. No, it might have been one from 20 years ago. I don't even know. You might have saw that that one I did with Pete and Pete and Tim, which was like about what five years ago. No, I saw one, I saw one something about I don't know. I, I just saw it and I thought, ah, oh, Scotty's on a podcast. That's good. But um anytime oh, well, you want us to promote, we can promote. Yeah, just well, want to catch- I got nothing to promote, guys. Okay, well, cool. Well, I, I just want to catch you up on what's been happening, which is like we started off this year. Of course, we lost uh, Howard Alexander Dumble. So, um, and so we've just been kind of collecting people's recollections of that's what we've been doing lately. Mm-hmm. It's just getting people to talk about him, people who knew him, because obviously he, there was a man with a lot of uh, mystique and mythology about him. That's for sure. So, um, and I know you guys knew each other, got a long time, you know, I knew him before I even, I, I was partying with that guy every weekend before I even knew who he was. Oh, cool. <laughs> and, the re- and the reason why is because me and me and Steve Travato used to go to this bar where I don't know if you're familiar with the dog party album, my dog party album, the guy who plays harmonica on my dog party album his name is pat o'brien yeah and he's actually an unbelievable blues guitarist and he does the thing where he puts the harmonica on his shoulder on the shoulder strap and plays lines with himself with the guitar and harmonica and he's an incredible blues musician wow and he's been he's been playing this gig out in arcadia for over 25 years on where he plays on the weekends and they get to play all this fun music, just classic rock, ZZ Top, Led Zeppelin, and their own original stuff. And they have a ball, you know, they have, they have a blast out there. So me and Travato used to go out there every weekend with, with Dumble. And, and I was like, who is this big guy that Travato hangs out with? I didn't know who he was. And, and I knew his name was Howard, but I didn't know that he was some famous ant maker. Right. <laughs> and, 
And I didn't find that out till probably a good two or three years later that <laughs> the guy was like, a, you know, an ant maker. And, uh, you know, it's weird. But but then I got to know him, you know, in a little bit more of a professional sense because he finally ended up like 10 years later doing an amp for me, not making a, one of his amps for me, but just modding a bandmaster that I bought. And, wow. Uh, that's how I kind of got to know him professionally. So did you, did you ever not ask him, hey, dude, what do you do? <laughs> well, yeah, he said he's an amp builder, but that didn't mean anything to me. Right. There's lots of amp builders. Right. I just wasn't aware of how famous he was. Yeah. And had, you know, but, back then, Scott, had he made um, the amp for Robin and Carlton? Larry I'm sure Carlton? he had. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure. Wow. I just wasn't that curious about it. I was using Marshalls and to be, I never used a Dumble amp. I was, I, I tried a few of them. I was, they, they're, they're great amps, of course, you know, but not stylistically right for me, you know? So, so I never really, you know, put a lot of effort into getting one or anything, but I love the Bandmaster that he modded for me. It's just a, made it sound a lot fatter and sweeter. And um, yeah, I mean, he was, really nice in the fact that uh i only paid four hundred dollars for that old 64 bandmaster because they're not really worth that much and the mod was only 1500 bucks wow so to get that kind of a deal from dumble is almost unheard of these days because you know what do you still have the amp did you sell it actually i sold it i wonder what that amp would be worth now a lot because i sold it for around 12 grand and um I'm sure now it would be worth probably over 20, but, <laughs> but, but I sold it just because, um, you know, the transformer he used in it was a different transformer than I was used to. And I, I it was a little fizzy on, uh, um, on high notes. And I asked John, sir, what if I got you to mod me a bandmaster? Could you make it less fizzy than this? So I gave him my Dumble bandmaster and he listened to it and he said, yeah, I, I see what you're hearing. I think I can. So I gave him the Bandmaster and uh, he modded it. And uh, I liked it actually better than the, the, the Dumble modded one because it had a different transformer in it, a transformer that is a little bit, I just, I don't know actually why I liked it better. I just did. But that's the album that I use. I mean, that's the amp that I used on Vibe Station and um, People Mover. But the Dumble Bandmaster is the is the amp I used on Well to the Bone, the album before Vibe Station. Oh, okay. okay. People okay. probably wouldn't hear the difference if they listened to the album, but I, I could hear it. Right. It, it was subtle. It was a subtle difference. It wasn't. Now, now if I if I recollect correctly, talking with Bruce um, and Bruce talking to Dumble, Scott's one of the guys that Dumble was pretty upset about, right? No. No. no, he was upset that he couldn't make Scott happy with the amp. No, no, no. He never even knew no. I sold it. No, no, no. That was not Scott, I don't think. Uh, I, th no, I thought you said that Dumble was like, Scott was like one of the ones that got away because he couldn't he couldn't nail what Scott wanted. No, actually. Maybe that's possible. Maybe no, no. Dumble never knew I didn't like the, the amp. He never knew that. He never knew I sold it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Me and him were cool. 
The only thing that oh, we yeah. weren't cool about is this story that I have to tell about. <laughs> What's the story? It's my main Dumble story. Oh, you know? okay. And it, and it actually doesn't really have anything to do with amps or, or it has nothing to do with me personally and amplifiers or gear with me personally. This was about just being Dumble being a friend of mine and calling me out of the blue. And hey, man, this is Alexander. I need you to do me a favor. Mm. And I said, sure, man, what can I do for you? And he said, well, there's this guy, Andy Fuchs, and he's taken the name Dumble.com to point to his website where he's making my, well, he used the word copying my amps. Now, I don't know for sure that Andy Fuchs was copying Dumble's amps. I'm sure there was an influence. And maybe he was copying. I have no idea. And I never got into that. And I never said anything bad about Andy because I like Andy. Andy's a really nice guy. And uh, he's a really good amp builder. So it wasn't about me thinking that Andy's amps were bad or that I didn't like Andy personally. It was just I thought it was kind of like maybe poor judgment on his part to use Dumble.com to point to his website. That's like a family name, you know. <laughs> that, that that seems pretty obvious. That's not a smart move, right? Was I think it was just poor judgment. So so I wrote a letter to Andy and I said, you know, maybe it wouldn't be a great idea. Maybe our agent said, would it be a good idea? Maybe if you stop doing that, because I know Alexander's told me that he doesn't appreciate it. And I just think it would be in your best interest not to have people thinking badly of you for for doing that. But Andy just didn't see it that way. And and so I'm not going to say we got into a fight, but Andy wrote me some letters that were, you know, confrontational and it got a little bit confrontational. And it it wasn't just me. I think Mike, Mike Landau was involved, Robin Ford, Larry Carlton. A few other guitar players had written Andy Fuchs and asked him politely, would you mind not using Dumble's name? All, so, all the up-and-coming guitarists. I, I guess. I don't really know. <laughs> I, I don't know who was involved in it. You know, just whoever Alexander called. But I was one of the guys he called. And um, I'm confused. At, at what point does anyone think it'd be like me saying, well, I'm going to use Scott Henderson to advertise Troy McCubbin. I mean, it's just fucking yeah. stupid, right? Well, I, I hate to say that, but it's it definitely. Well, I said it. It seems it, pretty fucking yeah. stupid. <laughs> you can say it. I want to stay friends with Andy, and I'm just going to say it wasn't a great judgment call. You <laughs> Clearly know. not. But Dumble maybe, wasn't your name, Andy. Yes, right. <laughs> so that's, and, and of course, I told Andy that. And I right. said, Andy, you know, you shouldn't use somebody's family name to to sell your products, especially when your products are similar to the guy that you're using, whose name you're using. Right. So, so after some emails and after I published something on my webpage on scotthenderson.net, I published this. And because like I said, it did get a little confrontational and, and I just published, Hey, everybody, this is Scott. I, I just want to point out that Andy Fuchs is using dumble.com to, uh, you know, point to his website and Alexander Dumble is not happy about it. So if you think it's not a great thing to do, maybe shoot Andy an email and tell him what you think. And so I don't know, I can't remember how long that was up, but it wasn't very long that Andy decided, Nanos, this isn't worth the trouble. I'm going to give up the name. 
Right. So he did. But here's the fucked up part. <laughs> <laughs> after, after Andy had re- decided, okay, I'm not going to use the name anymore, and I'm releasing the name, I told Alexander, Alexander, the name is now free, and all you have to do is spend 100 bucks and claim the name for yourself, and Alexander wouldn't spend the $100 to do that. <laughs> And I was just like, dude, are you fucking serious? After you like got me entangled up in this mess, you're not going to spend a hundred dollars to get your name. And he said, no, fuck all that shit. I'm not going through that shit. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, got to fucking be kidding. So, so now if you enter dumble.com into your browser, I have no idea where it takes you. I have no idea. I just, I just said, you know, okay, I did my bit. If he doesn't want his own name, that's up to him. Well, but it's that, better that's than my Dumble story. It's better than you typing in TroyMcCubbin.com because that takes you to a porn site. <laughs> okay, so what it does is there's a meme there, and it says it's got Dumbledore, and it says, "Be gone! There is nothing to see here." <laughs> so my guess is. Andy probably pays for it still. You know, he probably still keeps the domain mm-hmm. because otherwise it would be, you know, either a dead, this is this domain is available, you know, it wouldn't be that. So my guess is Andy probably felt bad enough about it to do the right thing and just kind of point people in other directions, you know, which probably. Is, you know, probably. Yeah. That makes sense to me. So, but anyway, that's, that's the only Dumble story I have of any significance other than, um, you know, Dumble used to be my neighbor and he used to live just half a mile away from me in a little part of LA that's kind of a historic part of LA. So he lived in this kind of weird house and on this very weird lot of property owned by Jackson Brown's brother. And this house looked like the Blair Witch house. There wasn't one board on that house that was straight. It was the scariest looking house I've ever seen. <laughs> and and so so what would happen is that um uh Jackson Brown used to rent that lot out to to make movies on that lot. So they shot a lot of movies there and when they shot movies they would bring in these big lights to light up the the scenery at night. And those lights ran on diesel engines and the diesel engines put out this horrible, these horrible fumes that Alexander would have to breathe. And if you know, Alexander was kind of a large, you know, obese guy. And I'm sure it was not healthy in, especially in his own mind to breathe that shit. And he got in major fights with Jackson Brown's brother. In fact, there was a, a rumor, and I don't think it was a rumor at all, but he drew a gun on it <laughs> and said, get these fuckers off this property, right? And it got really bad. So that's when Dumble moved to Sunland. Uh-huh. And around that time is when he started working for Carlos Santana. And, you know, things just got better for him in general when he got off that property. And uh, that's the only other story I have of any you know, significant, did, but did, did you ever go to his house, Scott? And he, oh, yeah, the amp for he for you was he dialing the amp in for you or not? Yes, I did go into his little uh, his little workshop 
which was sort of off to the side of the house. Yeah. But as far as I know, no one's ever been inside the house. <laughs> are, you talking be, about, are you talking about Sunland, the Rancho, or Pagoda or the Pagoda? I'm talking about the 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 the, the house off Figueroa. I think that was called the Pagoda. Yeah. I yeah. I, mean, I don't know. Uh, I know Chris Fleming did because he helped him move. Okay. I don't know anyone personally that's ever been inside the house. I would be very scared to go in there because I was I would be afraid that some zombie would attack me. or a ghost or some kind of evil spirit because i mean that was a scary looking house but i had been in his workshop and that's where i picked up the amp when he finished it and uh yeah so it was cool you know just cool to be there and and hang with them i i I used i remember that when you um went there at night Dumble would come down the stairs off the property with this flashlight on his head. He had one of those headbands with the with the light on his head. Yeah. And you would see this light coming down the stairs <laughs> from this scary house. And it was like, fuck, should I get in my car and drive away right now? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> what man. an interesting character for sure. Yeah, it sounds like it. I we I was talking to Bruce about the the dumble up on Reverb for 175 grand at the moment. Woo! Right. Pricey, pricey, yeah. right? It's a fucking that's a that's a little house right there. Yeah, yeah. You, I don't know exactly where, but <laughs> <laughs> well, half a house. Yeah. Damn, dude. So, but uh, we've heard that. Uh, Dumble used to be very much the ladies' man. Really, I never heard that. Oh well, Travato was saying that you know he back in the day when you guys go out and he was very much into the ladies and uh, he seemed like a bit of a did he party with you guys? Like, did he get down? Or was oh he yeah. Pretty- well, when I knew him as Howard Dumble, and this was in the days when we used to go out to this bar all the time. Yeah. He used to drink and we all used to drink a lot. Yeah. So it got kind of crazy. And, and yeah, we used to pick up girls and, 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 um, I don't know if, I don't remember if Howard did, but Travato did for sure. And I did for sure. And we were in our wild days. So this was, this was, this was in the eighties and, um, you know, we used to have fun at this bar. Um, but this one funny question, I mean, this one funny story just came to my mind. Um, Bob Bradshaw, you know, Bob Bradshaw, of course. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So he had a, he had a party at his house and Bob's Bradshaw's son is autistic. Right. And um, uh, Alexander Dumble walked in with another friend of mine who happens to be a, a little guy, a very small guy and bald right and when they walked into the party bob's son just blurted out really loud look it's fat bastard in mini me (laughs) (laughs) oh my god (laughs) that was a story that was going around for a while How did how did Dumble and the little guy react to that? I don't know, man. I wasn't there. <laughs> oh, that's that's, that's a gold. story I heard, but it's pretty funny. <laughs> that is gold. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy. 
<laughs> oh man. <laughs> I mean, Alexander got at one point got so heavy that it was just crazy. I mean, really heavy. And he was like what really 400 heavy. pound heavy or something, right? Yeah. At least. Yeah. 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 So, so, you know, when Carrie Wright died, um, which was, you know, like a year ago, what, or two years ago. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I don't remember. Um, but Carrie was a re- really good friend of mine and everybody was so surprised because for, for obvious reasons, Carrie got compared to Alexander a lot because Carrie was the Alexander Dumble of speaker cabinets. Right. And, you know, just the best speaker cabinets money could buy. And he had really been on a health thing where he, he lost a lot of weight. He was looking really good. I saw him, I saw him at my friend's wedding and he looked fantastic. And then he died, just had a heart attack at work making cabinets. Oh, you joke. Really? Yeah. And, and everybody was saying, I can't believe Dumble outlived Carrie Wright. Right. It's, I mean, it's not a very nice thing to say, but it just was. No, it's, yeah, it's kind of an obvious thing, but I mean, that was, that was a big shock, wasn't it? It was. I mean, this is the last thing I ever expected to happen because he looked like he was really taking care of his health and he was working every day and just seemed like everything was fine. And then he was just gone, just like how, that. How old was Kerry? I'm not sure. Probably in his 60s. Yeah. Yeah. But, but um, and I, I remember that week because I, I went online and was looking for Kerry cabs and Kerry cabs disappeared in a hell of a like, fucking yeah. quick. And the sad thing is, is unlike Dumble, who where everybody knows how to make a Dumble amp now, um, the art of what Carrie did wasn't really passed down. Right. And it's not as it's not it's not as an easy thing to pass down as amp technology, you know, right. because the way he where he got his wood, all the art that goes into making a beautiful cabinet and making it sound great and all that stuff, it's maybe a little more artsy. And he didn't have anyone working for him that he passed that down to, which is kind of sad. So now if you want to carry right cabinet or something that sounds that good, you probably either have to buy a really old Marshall cabinet because those ones from the 60s sound great. Or you have to find a used carry cabinet. And I imagine the price probably shot up a bit, a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Now, Kerry, was he building, I saw him. I think I saw a post. He was building uh, cabinets for Eddie Van Halen. Yeah, and everybody else. Um, I don't know who he wasn't building cabinets for. I remember one time I called up Carrie and said, Carrie, can you build me a, I, I want another 412 cabinet. And he said, well, do you mind waiting a couple months? Because I've got 10 cabinets on an order from the Eagles. <laughs> and I was like, sure, I'll wait for the Eagles. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's a shame, man. We lose these guys and they, yeah. they leave behind this, such a legacy. And it's yeah. a shame they didn't pass that on to the next generation, you know. I have another story. Uh, they're coming to me now, that, now that I'm thinking about it, <laughs> is that there's a great story of what Carrie told John Sir. Um, you know, there was a, there's a guy named Jim Kelly who is, is also a great amp builder. Oh, yeah, Jim Kelly. We all know Jim Kelly amps. Yeah, you had a you had one, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It well, fucking well, sounded amazing. Yeah, it's a good amp, and he's a really good amp builder. So John offered uh, Jim a deal 
why don't you come to Sur and work here and make your amps here? And we have a bigger distribution and we can sell them faster and we'll take a percentage and, you know, we'll work together and we'll get your amps out there on the market. And Jim was totally cool with it. And they, they arranged this deal and, you know, that's what they did. Well, John offered that same deal to Dumble. Where, oh, wow. Why don't you, why don't you come here and make your amps here and we'll get them distributed so you can make more of them and we'll help you make them and still be totally your design a hundred percent. And we'll just, you know, be the distributor and help you manufacture them. And Dumble said to John, you stay in your neck of the woods and I'll stay in mine. <laughs> John, John was like, okay, <laughs> that's, that's a no. <laughs> you know what? Well, we're finding, we're finding out, you know, from these various stories that that, you know, it wasn't only John Sir that offered Alexander, you know, the opportunity to, work with somebody to make to distribute and or manufacture and to market whatever you know his amps and much like him saying he would come on this podcast everybody knew that it was never going to happen you know mm -hmm. he just too he was he did have one guy he was in business with in the 80s that i've talked to that they made some amps and it just all fell apart you know as one would expect you know he was a one-man show, you know. I could see how hard it would be to be in business with him. Yeah, yeah, and and that's cool. I mean, there, I know actually quite a few one-man shows out there, and they prefer it to be that way. I remember when I was um, when I wanted to buy a Chase Wah, uh, this guy Chase who builds pedals. I forgot his first name, but he is also a guy that just said, "Yeah, if you want one of my Wahs, you have to just wait for it." because I'm doing this all by myself in my house. I don't have a crew. I don't have anybody. It's just me. And yeah. that's how he wants it. And, and, you know, there's quite a few guys out there like that. Yeah. You just have to wait for their stuff and, and it's great gear, Dude. but you're not going to get it quick. Who'd you sell your Dumble to? Do you remember? A guy in Germany. Uh. Yeah. He really wanted it. And, and I, I kind of needed the money at that, time um i don't remember why it could have been a drug deal gone wrong or something like that i can't remember <laughs> <laughs> but whatever pay to pay for your sex change yeah yeah i think it was that sex change operation yeah, yeah. Scotty, how many um carry cabs do you have let's see i have one two three four five five are they five i Two by twelves, four by twelves. I have a two by twelve and four four by twelves. Wow! Okay. One of those four by twelves is in Europe, so that I have it over there. Yeah. Wow. It did. I mean, this is off topic, but was Kerry was he ever involved heavily on the speaker? What speakers to put in his cabs, or has he left that yeah. up? Yeah. Well, he, he definitely had his opinions, but one of the cool things about Kerry was that Kerry was really into getting suggestions from his people that he built cabinets from. He was really interested in their opinions right. about how the cabinet sounded like with certain speakers in it. So 
he had people like me and Mike Landau and just so many guys that he built speaker cabinets for and that he, that, that, that could give him feedback on, you know, whatever, whether he took that feedback seriously and changed anything. But I know there was at this one point where Kerry was working with me on my idea to turn a speaker cabinet upside down and mic the bottom speakers. And that was my idea. Um, and, it, and it's an idea that I think worked mm. because um, when you turn a cabinet upside down, uh, as you know, there's even on a straight cabinet, there's a little bit of a slant, right? So when you turn the cabinet upside down, you don't want to mic the speakers that are closest to the floor because you get reflections off the floor and it sounds bad usually. So, right. so you want to mic the top speakers. But if you turn the cabinet upside down, then that puts the mic away from the handles, which could cause some nastiness. And it also is miking the part of the cabinet that has the most airspace behind the speakers. Oh, okay. And so you get a little bit more bottom end and it's a little bit of a bigger sound. It's subtle. It's not like a big, huge difference, but I like to do that. So Carrie and me were talking, we were saying, what if there was no slant? What if we just made a cabinet that was just, you know, all the way out to the front of the cabinet from the top to the bottom. And so he made that cabinet and it turned out that it sounded terrible. Oh, really? Yeah. Because what happens is that the slant, you need the slant. So whoever decided to make those cabinets in the first place with the slant had the right idea because what happens is that if it's totally straight, the, uh, the, the speaker hits the back of the cabinet and bounces directly back at a 90 degree angle back uh, to, and then it phases out. Right. 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 There's a little bit of phasing and it sounds small and puny and not very good. So when you've got that little bit of an angle and I guess it doesn't have to be very much, then you don't get that phasing. Right. And, 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 if, and it's funny that me and Carrie never thought about that. We just thought, Oh, that that'll sound great. And, but it didn't. <laughs> So I question for you. Um, I would I would love to hear. I'm sure Landau has some great Dumble stories. Oh, absolutely. I, I mean, Landau has actual Dumble amps. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, I think he just used one at the baked potato on his latest gig. I saw some photos and he actually had one of Dumble's amps that he made for him. Yeah, I, I think that was on. Might have been the day of, the day after he died, or something that he played. Yeah, uh, I'm. I'm almost sure that Landau has more than two or three of Dumble's amps. I do you think Landau would be? He'd be into talking about Dumble. I don't know, Mike. You know, you know. I mean, Mike's gonna, a hard guy to pin you down. You know what? I'm going to call Mike. I'm going to call Mike. I'm going to bust his balls. Okay. <laughs> you do that. That's it. Mike Landau, I'm coming for you, motherfucker. All right. You never know. He might say yes. He might want to. I, he'll say yes to me. I think he loves me quietly. Okay. I think Mike likes me. But um, <laughs> probably not. He might be. Fucking. He likes me too, but he never returns my calls. So <laughs> I, I'm going to call Mike. I'm going to call him and say, Mike, come on, mate. And you know what my first question to Mike will be? You know what my first question? What? 
My first question, if we get him on the show, will be Mike. Tell me each individual pedal you have on your pedal board. And- <laughs> well, he'll love that. <laughs> You'll just win his heart over with that question. <laughs> hey, but, I got a funny story for you. The settings for each pedal. Yeah, the settings for each pedal. Hey, I got a funny story for you guys. So I get an email from this lovely lady, um, and her name's Julie, and uh, she ordered a guitar wank cap, right? Oh. And it was over Christmas, and unfortunately I was coming back and forth between Nashville and Los Angeles, and I didn't get to the order. And uh, and she kindly wrote me back and said, look, um, the cap hasn't turned up. I'm just wondering where it is, blah, blah, blah. I wanted to buy it for my husband. And <laughs> I look at the name and it's Julie Mason, who is Brent Mason's wife. Wow. No way. <laughs> so, so she was buying Brent, the, you know, our legendary favourite guitar player of all country world. Um, she was buying Brent a new guitar wank cap because somewhere along the line someone gave him a guitar wank cap and it became his favourite cap. No way. And every time they go down to uh, Florida for their holidays, they go down to that way for holidays and hang out. He loved to wear his guitar wank cap. Well, he left it in a cab and he lost it. So Julie was like, oh, you know, I want to buy, I want to replace it. And he doesn't know how he got it. And he doesn't even know what the fuck guitar wank is, but he loves the cap. Okay. So oh, he doesn't even know. What, <laughs> no, he, doesn't he doesn't know, know. the show at all. Maybe he does now, but back then he did. He had no clue what guitar wank was. He just loved the oh, cap. That's funny. That's so crazy. anyway, so I was like, I got this email from Julie, and she was like, and I'm like, oh fuck, Brent Mason, Jesus. So I wrote back Julie, and I said, oh, I apologize refusely, and said, you know, we'll look after you. And I said, I'm not really familiar with your husband's name. What has he done lately? <laughs> <laughs> just to fuck with her. Anyway, so I wrote that back and Julie got back to me and she wrote me this, and bless her heart, she wrote me this big long list. Well, Brent has done Grammys, blah, 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 and she just went through his bio, you know, wrote this massive email to me and I felt so horrible because I was fucking with her. But I wrote it back and said, yeah, he's he's one of my heroes. I know exactly who he is. He's a bad dude. He's a badass and we love him. So um, I'm going to deliver some... uh, guitar wank hats and T-shirts to them. But I was thinking, I asked her that if Brent would want to come on the show, but he's probably had enough of podcasts. And she did say, yeah, he's kind of over it. So I kind of thought we should interview Julie. Oh, there you go. We should interview his wife and not bug Mason, but we bug his wife. So I'm going to try and Why don't we just get Karen Landau? Oh, let's do that. There you go, because she is a guitar player, you know. He's Mike's wife. She's the good guitar player. Yeah. <laughs> what do you mean the good guitar player? She's a good guitar player. Karen. Oh, she's a good. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'd love that. Play, man. Yeah. She's, oh, we- she's very good at accompanying herself. Sort of a la Joni Mitchell or Joan Baez. You know, she can, she can play. She gets really good tone, of course. <laughs> and, and, you know, 
I mean, she does she does the singer songwriter thing where you know she can accompany herself with these nice voicings and sing, and she's she's ta- very talented. We should totally do that, and then we can say, you well, know, fuck Mike. We don't Mike. Well, yeah, well, you know, you know that Mike plays in her band, and they usually when Mike does a double night at the baked potato, it's like Friday night will be Mike's trio, and then Saturday night will be Karen's band with Mike on guitar. Oh, I I had no clue, and I yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, we we should get Karen then. Yeah, yeah. You'd be more likely to get Karen than to get Mike. And then we can go, Karen. What are the settings on Mike's? Ah, <laughs> 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 no, just fucking with him. But anyway, we I, should we should do that. I think we should get the wives on. You know, it was funny. Uh, there was a point, I can't remember when it was, but when Mike was playing at the Mint one night, a couple of us guitar players were up there close to the stage looking at Mike's pedals. <clears throat> and Karen walked by and said, why don't you guys take a picture? I want to do it. I think that'd be funny to have Karen on and talk to her about all that <laughs> As yeah, we get we can't get the players on. Let's go to their misses. We'll be the only podcast that goes to the women, right? Or the men, depending on the guitarist. But um, but lots of obviously, obviously lots of great Dumble stories um, to be told. He was obviously a one in a million kind of guy. Do you uh, did you get to play many Dumbles besides that one that you had, Scott, or not? No, I mean I tried them, but I just didn't. They weren't for me. They they don't they don't fit my style because they were designed for each individual player, right? I I don't know because I haven't tried enough of them to say. All I know is the ones that I have tried. They were very, they were very, uh, I guess, focused in the mid range more than like a full range sound that I like. Right. So. I play through four by twelves and I like a lot of bass and just, I like a good combination of bass, treble and mid and the, the dumbbells that I played in the same way. I sort of feel about Jim Kelly amps. They're very focused on the mid range. Yeah. Not a lot of low end. So, so that's just not for me. It's, it's almost like using a humbucking pickup. I'm not used to it. I'm used to the sound of a single coil. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, it just it it just didn't fit my playing style, but but yet you could hear how sweet the tone was and everything. I mean, the obviously the, you just couldn't make it sound bad, just totally crafted in the best way possible, and always sounded great. Just the frequencies didn't fit my my liking, you know, like is especially the low end. Yeah, even even pumping it through a four by twelve, there just wasn't enough bass for me. Right, right. So, but that's it. I mean, it's just a, that's just like the, the same reason I, I don't use fenders and I use marshals. It's, it's a thing, you know what I mean? It's just a matter of personal taste. They're both great, but yeah. you just, yeah. you just, you know, it's just personal taste. I've always been a Marshall guy. So, so, so what's, what else is news with you guys? Like what's, what else has been happening? You, you toured, right? You actually did a tour, Scott? Well, it wasn't really a, well, yeah, I guess it was. I did a tour of South America. 
but it was only in, in three countries and um it was fun but but i wasn't playing with my band i was playing with local musicians down there there's a bass player and a drummer in argentina that i play with that i've played with a couple times and then in chile i was playing with a super famous bass player christian christian galvez who's i mean without a doubt the best bass player in south america he's he's kind of like uh uh hadrian you know uh, that style gary willis style but this right. guy christian is a guy he's very special um i remember one time he wanted me to play on one of his albums and he sent me this track and the changes were just frightening man like like some really complex harmony that he was playing over and um well i didn't know who was playing over because there was already a solo there right and i listened to the solo and i said is that kurt rosenwinkle i i don't know anybody else who plays those kind of lines over this kind of sophisticated harmony so at first i thought it was kurt but then i said hmm, the tone's not really sounding like kurt and i found out it was christian because when he when these bass players that have these multi-string basses and they have these really high strings it can sound kind of like a hollow body oh wow and i thought it was a guitar player and i he was just burning and and, and if you just go on the web and look up christian galvez and look at one of his solo concerts and hear him playing solo bass it's as heavy as anything you've ever seen wow it's 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 the guy's a, a genius he's playing he's playing bass by himself and it's it's just uh it's breathtaking you know he's playing all these amazing voicings and beautiful lines and he's a virtuoso without a doubt he's you know probably the most sophisticated sophisticated bass player on the planet as far as playing solo bass you know there's nobody that can come close to him maybe hadrian yeah yeah so so you know they he's just really good so and the drummer that i played with he was equally he was a badass so that was really cool but it was that was only one show and um so then i got back from that and then i did some gigs in january but unfortunately as you probably know because i don't maybe you don't but archie the drummer in, in 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 my band in my trio he tested positive for covid the day before he was going to fly to la so he <laughs> couldn't come. so i was kind of up shit creek there and i was really depressed and i thought what am i going to do am i going to have to cancel all these gigs in january because we played we had alvis in san pedro dizzy's in san diego a concert at mi um two nights at the baked potato and i was like am i gonna have to cancel this whole thing so i was thinking in my mind what drummer could i possibly call who could is a good enough reader that he could learn this music in two days and do a great job and obvi my obvious first call was to joel taylor because he's i mean he's played with holsworth he's played a lot of complicated music and and he did it man he saved my ass wow he came in he learned the music in two days and <laughs> um the gentleman he just he just killed it 
And by the end, by the by the second set night of the baked potato, he sounded like he'd been playing with us, you know, for a long time. He just really got it and nailed it. Wow. And so I, I'm just so grateful to him because he he saved us. Charles, the man. Yeah, he's he's a bad dude. And I was always a pleasure to play with him because I played with him many times in different situations. But yeah. he did a great job. And um, and now the next thing that happens is a tour in Europe in March, in April. It's a long tour. It's like a six-week long tour. And this time, hopefully, Archie will get his ass on the stage. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to have to be looking for subs in Europe where I don't know anybody. So he better he better not fail his COVID test this time. Damn. Did you have a lot of trouble with COVID in South, uh, South America? No, actually, one of the things that's really amazing about South America is um, all three of those countries, Argentina, uh, um, Uruguay, and Chile, are like 89 to 90% vaccinated. Wow. That, which, which blows us out the door at 60%. Yeah, yeah. So, and they take it very seriously. Um <clears throat> You don't even see people walking outside without their masks. Wow. And and one of the things is I was a little worried about is not so much the show, but selling CDs after the show where you kind of get really up close to the audience. And I thought, oh, boy, there's going to be a bunch of knuckleheads trying to hug me and kiss me on the cheek. And, and <laughs> they were all not one person didn't respect the social distancing in the space and it was all fist bumps and they were just totally cool. And, uh, you know, it's, they just want to get rid of this shit. That's, so, um, that's awesome to hear, man. Yeah. So it was a, it was a cool trip. Now this last leg, I mean, I, I also played a gig in Vegas but with local musicians and I was out in a club in Vegas playing, um, was a, a small club like the baked potato packed with people and then hanging out in Vegas and all the casinos and girl watching and, and, you know, and that's like, I sort of thought if I don't get COVID, I never will. And I still didn't get it, I guess. Or I don't know if I got it cause I never took a test, but I never had any symptoms. So maybe I got it and was asymptomatic, but yeah. I managed to go through this whole January of gigs and not get sick. Wow. I guess I'm just lucky. And you've, you've had the booster and everything, right? Yeah. Yeah. Damn. Bruce, you've had, you're all boosted up. You're, you're all set too. And you've been gigging and yeah, playing. I've had, I've had, I've had, I've had Pfizer enemas every day. Eminem gives me enemas every day. That's why you have a speech impediment because of those enemas. I know. Well, Eminem, <laughs> because Eminem gives them to me. <laughs> <laughs> he's good oh, at man. it too you know and i think he has a, career, a possible career ahead of him there, you know? <laughs> and we and we still don't have another nam well, well, well did it. i missed it well i don't think it's going to happen in, it would have happened summer. last week right yeah wouldn't it have happened last week if it would have happened yeah but now they're, they're they've pushed it up to july but that's just a bunch of Nam bullshit, like oh. you know, trying to get people's money like they always do, but it ain't gonna happen. Scott, none of, none of the Japanese companies are coming, so 
that's that's not going to happen. Scott, did you know yeah. it was our sixth anniversary the other week? You and Bruce? No, yeah. no. How sweet! We didn't get a present from you. How cute, sir! No guitar wank. Oh, <laughs> awesome! Wank. Six years, dude. Can you believe Six that? Years, man. Unbelievable! Unbelievable! They, they all said man? they all said they get rid of us. Well, well they couldn't do it. We're hanging around like a bad smell. We couldn't do like, it like a like a COVID. We're hanging around like a COVID. <laughs> Oh man! Uh, so, uh, so what's so what's the plans this year? I know we've got off the. I feel like we've kind of hit the Dumble stories. It's it's going to be interesting to see where, <laughs> um, all these other amp builders, what amp builders jump on the Dumble wagon even more so than what they have. I think um, there's already enough of them. Yeah, but yeah. I'm wondering. What the floodgates are? Uh, floodgates are open now that Dumble's gone and passed. Right. So I'm curious to see. Well, you know, man, they were always open because you can't trademark an amp circuit, and there's so many people already making Dumble amps that were pretty much clones of his amps. But um, I have a friend who's an electronics guy, and he has a theory that it's not just the design but it's the actual art of soldering and making everything so perfect and the connections and all that stuff, the arty part of making an amp, not just the scientific part that, yeah. that made Dumble so special. Hmm. And, and I can buy that. I can totally yeah. buy that. So you might be able to clone his thing, but it still might not sound like a Dumble. Well, the guys that we talked to, they all mentioned that Dumble would, I mean, he would build the chassis and then make sure that was putting off the right energy and he was testing everything and he's obviously his soldering was next, next level shit. It was like ninja, sure. ninja soldering. And I, I've, I've heard many other amp builders say that the metal, that the chassis, the type of steel that the chassis is made out of can make a big difference in the tone. Right. It's still steel, but there's a million different versions of steel and different different chemical, you know, uh, combinations that make steel. And for that matter, uh, you can make a chassis out of aluminum. Right. And some people do that, and then you might have a completely different tone. I know that. Um, maybe I, I didn't tell you guys about this, but there's a new pedal coming out. That's my signature pedal. What? Um, yeah, um, the, 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 there's a guy um, in Japan, and he is the actual designer of the SD9. He made the, the SD9. He invented it in right. the 80s for Maxon. And wow. His name is Mr. Tamura. And um, he's a fan of mine. Like he, He's a guitarist as well, and he, he likes my music. And last couple of years, he wanted to make me a... a improved sd9 and he finally did it and it it took him three or four tries but he finally uh made a pedal that i think sounds like an sd9 but even better in in a lot of different ways and so they made it and i have it it's like completely done and it's the the color that the whole thing 
the paint job. It's all finished. Wow. And, Do we uh, have a name? It's called the SH9. SH9. Yeah. And um, I could think they're planning on releasing it in February or March. And I'm going to do a demo for it um, on the 10th of February. I'm going to make a video comparing it to the original SD9. And this and, is um, through Maxon? No, it's actually through Godlike. Uh, through, their, um, through their brand of pedals, which is TWA. It's called Truly Wicked Audio. They have their... Godlike is a distributor. They distribute all kinds of different companies. I love that name. That's fantastic. Uh, yeah. They distribute Maxon and Ibanez, lots of different companies' pedals. So, uh, but they have their own brand of pedals called TWA, and this is this pedal is coming out through TWA. Wow! And so, yeah, I'm really looking forward to the release of it. I think people are really going to like it. It sounds like an SD9, um, but it's bigger sounding and more. It just has more girth and it has a bigger sound and the high end is better. Um, some people, uh, always had a problem with the tone knob on the SD nine, because if you turn it up past nine or 10 o'clock, it can sound kind of funky. Uh, so most people kept the tone control very low, but with this SH nine, you can turn the tone control anywhere you want. And it sounds really nice. So he's changed the frequency of the tone. Uh -oh. control. So, so yeah. not, not to be confused with this one, right? No, that's the that's the RC booster. That was my signature um, RC booster, which they don't make anymore. No, they, now they make the RC version two, which is actually the same exact thing. It's the same same thing. It's just a, a cosmetically a little bit different. What is, what is special about this the Scott Henderson RC booster? Well, I guess before this booster, it was just a one channel pedal. Now it has two channels. Yeah. So you can have you can have a boost sound, which is very low gain, and then you can add the second channel, which gives you enough gain to like play a solo. Right, right. So I'm that that's my desert island pedal. I mean, most of the music that I play when I'm playing those chord melody melodies in my song, uh, in my songs, that's I'm using the first channel of that pedal. And then when I want to kick it into the next level and play a solo, I, I play the second channel. And right. That's my main pedal. The main difference between that pedal and the SH9 or the SD9 is that the SD, S, those pedals, the SD9 and the SH9, are not blues pedals. They do not have dynamics. Mm. They're very compressed. And it's for people who like to play legato, a la Alan Holdsworth, where they'll make like a hammer-on or a pull-off sound just as loud as a pick note. Ah, okay. And which is really great for playing legato, but if you're trying to play blues and using a lot of dynamics, it's very hard to do because even if you pick soft, you get a loud note. Right. Yeah. So two different styles completely. Yeah. Sorry, it, Bruce? It just kills the, artic the dynamic articulation. Yes. It, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So, so, th so this new pedal the SH9 is really not for blues players. It's more for guys that want to sound more like a horn, you know, like, like where all the notes are the same volume, mm. no matter whether you pick them or you use hammer-ons or pull-offs. Have you tried the Nobles pedal? I, I haven't. No, I've, yeah. I've heard about them, but I've never tried them. So interesting. But, um, 
Dum- did Dumbo ever make a pedal? I don't know. I, I don't know. And I wonder why he didn't. I don't know. I, I know that Dumbo made a couple different things that weren't amps. He made this little box that was sort of like an add-on to his amps that worked as an effects loop. Right. Because he didn't want to put effects loops in his amps because he kind of didn't believe in them. So he built this other little box that you would use in his amp somehow, and it created an effects loop. And I, I don't know how much it cost, or I don't, I don't even know if I've ever seen one, but I know that he made them. Are you a fan of the effects loop? No, <laughs> I'm not. No, I never use it. Right. Yeah, I'm, I'm more of a fan of a wet amp. You know, to that, like just to go through some kind of effect and turn it up 100% wet and put it into another amp and keep reverb out of the same speaker that your dry notes coming out right. of. Right. So a wet dry, dry, wet dry setup. They, they interfere with each other. Yeah. 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 So that's what I do. And, you know, in the old days, you'd have to have a lot of gear to do that. So I never wanted to do it. But these days, it's so easy to do because John Sir makes this little tiny line box. It's just as big as a little pedal. In fact, it's the same size as the RC booster. So you just go out of the speaker into that little box and then it converts the speaker level to line level. And you go into your effect and turn the effect up a hundred percent to wet and then just plug it into any little combo, like a little fender combo and your reverb lives in that amp. And then once you get like three or four feet away from it, it all sounds like it's coming from the same place. Right, right. And then you've got like a separation and, and your pickups interact better with the, the, the real, the dry speakers better when there's not reverb and delay. And the amp works better when there's nothing in the effects loop because you're really? not. You so know, really, anything, you could be running anything for that effects loop amp, right? You could be running like a little Blues Junior or something for the effects. For the effects. Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah. You don't need much because reverb is what? Only maybe 10, 20% of the sound. So you don't need anything that big. Yeah. Um, yeah. I use my Hot Rod Deluxe. Yeah. And, and that's plenty. That's probably even more than I need. It'd be, it'd be good to get John on again. Um one because I miss him and he's such a great guy, but it'd be great to get John on to talk about his his dealings with Dumble. Yeah, well, now, if anybody's got some Dumble stories, I'm sure John does for sure. I don't know if he'd want to share them with the public or not, but he has some stories. Absolutely, <laughs> <laughs> there's no doubt. Have you have you talked to John of late? Yeah, I'm talking to him all the time because we're working on um. He's actually finally putting the SH-100 out again. Oh, wow. Which, which I'm really happy about. And he's even going to do a 50-watt version of it. Oh, nice. Um, so this is like a basically just a clone of a 71 Marshall, but with the master volume. This is your Marshall, right? Yeah, yeah. He's basically cloned my 71 Marshall, and but it's got an effects loop in it. I mean, uh, effects loop and master volume. And it's a really great amp. It's just, it's my favorite amp of all time. I've never played through a better amp in my life. I just love it because, um, you know, master an, an amp without a master volume control can cause problems it, it, unless it really matches the level of the musicians that, that are playing with you, your drummer and your bass player, you can be screwed. 
because, you know, your amp breaks up at a certain point and you love where that amp breaks up and starts to go into, into distortion. But if your drummer and bass player play louder than that, or a lot softer than that, you're going to have problems. Mm. And with master volume amps, you can set the gain wherever you want it and turn the master volume up or down to match the level that your drummer and bass player are playing at. And it just solves all the problems that guitar players have. Except, so, except practice. What's that? It doesn't, it solves everything except practice. Yeah. It doesn't practice for you. God damn it. <laughs> Piece of shit. <laughs> I got a new pedal that does that, Scott. Maybe you should buy one from me. I do. Cause I really don't like I call it. I call it the, I call it the BS 100. <laughs> awesome that that works that works yeah so what what he's doing right now is he's building this sh100 the first one and he's going to send it to europe for me so that i have it in europe and i can actually play it on gigs because luckily my european tour most of the gigs are in the van not many flights at all so oh, that, nice. would mean that, I, that I get to have my own amp in the van and play my own gear at almost every gig, which would be a first for me because usually when we go over there, there's so many flights, but is this a head Scott or is this a combo? amp? It's the head. Yeah. Yeah. And then I'll use it with the carry right 412 cabinet that I have over there. Yeah. Would yeah. the, would the, um, the 50 watt version be smaller? Yeah, it will be smaller, physically smaller. It'll be the same size as one of those little Marshall 50 watt heads. Right. Like yeah. a J, like a JDM 45. Exactly. Yeah, that size. Well, I want will he I wonder if he'll do a half um power switch on it. I don't know he could cuz he really knows how to do that. I don't really know what that involves, but he he he's he did that on his Badger, right? right. He had a 45 watt and a, or a 40 watt and a 20 watt Yep. setting i think yep. yeah and see, to me there doesn't seem to be all that much difference between the 25 it's still loud <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah but whatever i mean it makes some difference i guess i would rather have the, the master volume because such a big difference in when you play with a drummer like for example the drummer that I normally work with, Archie, plays a, a Gretsch kit, and Joel Taylor plays a DW kit. And a DW kit, by nature, is just a louder set. Mm. It's just a louder drum kit. I mean, I'm sure tuning has something to do with it, and I don't want to say anything bad about Joel because I love his playing, but he's got a, you know, his drum kit has some sound to it. You know, when he yeah. hits those drums, man, it's, it's it puts out some force. Then, and I don't notice that about Gretsch kits. Gretsch kits seem to be softer. Right. I was going to ask you, how did the gigs go at the baked potato? You had a good time? Yeah, it was fun. Um, I, I, I had one set where I don't think I played very well, but I don't know. It was just one of those sets. But, but overall, good. Overall, I was pretty happy. You know, when you're playing new music, sometimes – you know how you're playing new tunes and you're kind of in survival mode. You're just, it's all about just don't fuck it up. Don't fuck it up. Don't <laughs> fuck it up. Remember your parts, remember your parts. And it's too much about that and not enough about being creative. Right. So, so when you finally get to the point where the music is just second nature and you can kind of play it, 
you know, subconsciously and you're not thinking anymore. And then it gets, you get to that creative level. I felt like on the second night of the baked potato, we kind of got to that place where we don't have to worry about the parts anymore and we can just interact and be creative. And it was awesome. That's cool. So all the gigs went well. It must have been good to get out and play again. It was. It was really nice to get out and, and play again. I missed it, definitely. And yeah. I have to say, uh, the gigs in South America, I didn't like my own playing. I was not ready. you know. And I, I feel like I made a mistake by um, practicing for those gigs, sitting down and just playing with my backing tracks coming out of the, my monitors and playing through a Pandora, you know, just a little practice amp. I should have been playing with my monitors blasting, standing up, playing through my Marshall as loud as I could in my room. Right. Because what a difference when you sit down and when you stand up. Oh my God. I mean, I don't know if that, if Bruce feels like that, but for me sitting down and is so much easier than standing up and playing. Like when I, when I stood up and tried to play the new music I was learning, I almost like had to relearn it all over again to stand up and play it because I had to worry about changing pedals and changing sounds and the whole thing. It's just more involved. So I wish I had to practice more standing up with my real gear for, for South America. Cause I felt like I went down there and I wasn't quite ready. So uh, live and learn. It's crazy how the bedroom and then on stage is so different, even if you think you yeah. have it down. And plus the volume difference too, because just oh, yeah. in general stages are louder than your bedroom. So yeah. I had to get my ears used to that kind of, you know, volume from a real drum kit. And it depends on the room too. You know, it's a funny thing. We went down and played in Dizzy's in San Diego. Yeah. And I walked into that room and I just went, oh my God, basketball gym. And I thought this is going to be a hard gig because it's going to be really loud. And it turned out to be exactly the opposite um, wow. because I didn't notice that they had acoustic material on the ceiling and on the walls. And it was such a soft room. It was great. It was what might've been my favorite gig of January. And we went down there. Oh, you know, Bruce Peter Sprague was there. Oh, cool. Yeah, and Peter's such a nice cat, man. He's yeah. the guy that hooked me up with Dizzy's in the first place. Oh, cool. So he came and hung out. We had a great time. And I was so happy that it was a really great sounding room. Just not, not super dead, but just dead enough to make everything not loud or obnoxious at all. Just a nice sounding room. And we had a really fun gig down there. Right. That's awesome. I love Peter, man. Peter's a great guy. Yeah. Great guitar player too. Wow, man. So what's um for both you guys, what's happening in the next couple of months? I mean, Bruce, you've got gigs coming up or well, you're looking at some, setting up some, some tours. Some canceled, some look like they're happening. So I hope they continue to stay on the books. I lost a good one in February. Um, oh, the Italian one? No, no, the Palm Springs. Oh, and uh, let me think. Um, but I've got some nice ones on the road, right? You know, and uh, uh, you know, it's funny. Like the big gigs cancel, right? 
because of COVID, whatever the reason, you know, the, they're worried they're not enough people or whatever. But all the little gigs in the clubs, they all happen. So I realized you can get COVID for 150 bucks, but you can't get it for a thousand bucks. That sounds like a Bill Gates plot to me. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, it's just like, you know, I mean, I'm playing with Joel Taylor at his little gig. I don't know when this is going to even air, but, you know, in a couple of weeks, I'm at JT's gig at 1881. Oh, I'm going to do that too. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, that'll happen. That's like, you know, that's COVID pit, you know? Yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a Petri dish of COVID right there. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, I mean, so, uh, I'm just going to take my virus out for a test drive. Yeah, you should. I'm going to do that gig too. So I'm going to take, yeah, I'm taking my, I'm taking my uh, vaccine out for a test drive. Yeah. yeah, there you go. Well, that's what I just did in Vegas, man. I mean, I was like in, I was at the Cosmopolitan and that place is absolutely the most jumping place on the strip. You know, there's just, it's, the bars are packed. It's just, it's, it's a party like crazy. And I was like walking around there and I said, yep. I'm definitely going to get COVID <laughs> somehow. I somehow I don't know why I never got sick, but I didn't. I have no idea. It's the same as um, downtown Nashville here, Nash Vegas. You go down there, man. It's like I felt like I was one of the only people wearing a mask down there. It's like people yeah. looking at me stupid. Like, what are you doing, dude? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I mean, now that. I mean, supposedly this Omicron, Omicron, is that what you call it? Yeah. Omicron. Omicron. It's not as quite as lethal. It's, 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 I, I know quite a few people who've had it after they've been vaxxed and boosted and the symptoms were very mild, a little bit of a sore throat and runny nose for a few days and it's gone. So, you know, the, the, the thing that I keep harping about to people just get vaccinated and boosted and, you know, you'll be safe. Um, I have one of my online students who's actually a virologist at, oh. um, at, a, at a major hospital in Minneapolis. And he says that he has yet to see one single patient who's been vaccinated who got COVID and needed any kind of hospitalization. Wow. They just, just, they just get over it. It's just like having the flu or a cold. You get over it. You're going to be fine. So, but, but he did say also, and this is kind of mean coming from a doctor, but this is how he feels. He said, we're just kind of overwhelmed. He's seeing, still seeing about four feet, five people die a day. And, um, he says when he sees these unvaccinated motherfuckers, as the word he used, when he sees these unvaccinated motherfuckers coming in here, I just want to tell him to go the fuck home and take care of it yourself. Wow. Yeah, I could imagine. That's coming from a doctor. Yeah. So whatever, you know, I'm not going to go on and start harping on anti-vaxxers, but Jesus Christ, give me a fucking break. Grow a fucking brain. It's, uh, yeah, it seems like a good move to definitely get vaxxed. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, worldwide COVID deaths, 5 million. COVID vaccine deaths, zero. Do the math. Yeah. So I mean, yeah. Jesus Christ. It's um <clears throat> fun times, man. Fucking it's all it's all happening still. I can't believe we're still going through this shit. 
Yeah, it does seem like it should be over by now. And I and I really strongly believe that if every single person in the world had just got the vaccine, it'd be way over by now. Yeah, it'd be fucking nice. I know Australia is Australia's won't let any Americans in. Oh no, Australians aren't America isn't letting Australians into America. Oh really? Yeah. <laughs> I mean because get the fuck out, Troy. <laughs> but, you know, they, they weren't even letting me mail a package to Australia. Austra- I cannot mail a first class. I've got CDs and records from my record yep. still waiting to be sent to Australia because there's no postage. Yeah, <laughs> I, I experienced the same thing, Bruce. I, I, I got an order for a CD from Australia and they wouldn't let me send it. No, no, it's sitting here in a pile. I have a pile of probably a dozen of them. Wow. <laughs> Did you know, stupid Aussies? You know, I mean, when once I have enough, I figured it'll be cheaper for me to buy a ticket and take them. <laughs> I I did hear a great Australian joke the other day. <laughs> what? It, it wasn't really a joke about Australia, but it was just funny. Where this guy on Facebook posted, um, England sent all the religious nuts to America and sent all of its criminals to Australia. The Aussies got the better deal. <laughs> <laughs> I I would second that. I think we did. I would rather hang out with a bunch of criminals than a bunch of fucking religious nuts. Yeah, I think I would too. <laughs> but yeah, apparently uh, Australia isn't doing so well with the Omicron. <laughs> yeah, I have a I have a student there, and he said that they're all locked down and not doing too well. They're they're fucking hardcore down there. They'll be yeah, you they're pretty hardcore with it all, but it's not worth I went over, I wanted, but they wouldn't let me play tennis, so I decided not to go. <laughs> I yeah, right. Yeah, I wanna go I wanna get home to see my parents. <laughs> I can't. So it's still Skyping. Oh, it's my mum's birthday today too. So happy birthday. Oh, happy birthday, Troy's mom. Yeah. You know what? I gotta say, my mum seriously hasn't aged since i left australia which was like 25 years ago well, she hasn't aged you did her before you left though <laughs> what's that see what you did to her before you left though <laughs> yeah yes as soon as as soon as i left she stopped aging i don't know what's yeah. i don't know what Gee, she, what a coincidence <laughs> i don't know what she's drinking or eating but fuck, she doesn't age she's she still looks the same age finally got that annoying fucker out of the house Right. I now think I that's what was it. Quiet. Yeah. It's like less stress. Oh, thank God I got rid of that little <laughs> bastard. <laughs> oh man, that's so funny. <laughs> Happy birthday, Mum. Yeah. For some re- for, for some reason, that reminded me of this commercial that I saw. That is so goddamn funny. Have you <laughs> seen South Park? Kyle's mom is a bitch. Orchestral version, orchestral <laughs> version. <laughs> No. Oh, it's so good. You've got to see it. <laughs> Those guys that, you know, the South Park guys, they hired like a 40 piece orchestra and choir to sing Kyle's mom is a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> and it is priceless, man. It's priceless. And then they have the, they have the four South Park kids on there and they're all like clapping, all enthusiastic and Kyle's all pissed off. It's <laughs> It's great, man. Classic. You got to see it. <laughs> oh, man. Those guys are so amazing. Oh, man. So, Scott, when's the new album out? 
I don't, I don't know, man. I, with this COVID thing, yeah, it's hard to say. Uh, you know, I, I, I did this, I, as usual, I, when I, when I write, I did this kind of weird thing where I like, I wrote these tunes that are kind of open and anything can happen tunes. So those, those are the four tunes that I brought into the band to play in January. But then I've got these other tunes. I don't think it will help to bring them into the band because they're too arranged and they're too, uh, especially the fact that, the, you know, how sometimes you just want, well, I guess being a rock guitarist, sometimes you just want to play single lines like Jeff Beck or Richie Blackmore with, or, you know, any electric guitarist just singing single lines and have a keyboard player playing the chords and, you get to be kind of like the horn player and play the melody. Well, I wrote some songs like that. And at least two, there's just no way to play them live because they're, just, they're not meant for that. They, they need a quartet to play them live. Well, why don't you do a quartet? Well, I, I can't hire people just to come up and play on two tunes. <laughs> hey, come on the road with us. You're just going to play on these two tunes. <laughs> I'll pay you a hundred bucks. <laughs> I'd like to say it happened. <laughs> yeah, maybe like uh, maybe I could teach those songs to one of the guys in the road crew, and he could just like come up for two tunes and play those chords. There you go. There so you go. so you know, I mean, I got that to, to think about, and then and then these other tunes that are like the same kind of thing with People Mover. I have songs on there that we never played live that just can't be played live because I just wrote too much shit for for you to play in a oh, trio bef before you know. i forget scott sorry to butt you in butt in but i heard joe saturani picked one of your solos i think it was off people mover for one of his favorites did you oh see that's that? cool thanks joe you didn't see it I, I remember someone saying to me that he did but i didn't see it actually yeah but. we should we should get him on the show and ask him what oh, the joe would be great man you know, I played a gig with him one time, um, him and Steve Vai uh, um, and Paul Gilbert, too. They were raising money for Cliff Coltrary. Who yeah, got this, yeah. yeah, he got this kind of blood disease. And um, at the time that I knew Cliff the most was he was the head guy at, at Relativity Records. And at that time, uh, Tribal Tech and Joe Satriani and Steve Vai and Jennifer Batten were on all that uh, we were all on that label and cliff is a super nice cat. And in fact, now cliff is the rep for blue amps. Oh, wow. Yeah. He's the American guy, you know, because I think those amps are made in Germany, right? Yeah. We, uh, Thomas blue. Yes, exactly. And he's yeah. the representative in America for those. So I think Jennifer Batten plays those amps. Yeah, and, she does. Um, yep. So yep. I'm sure she's still in, contact quite a bit with cliff and every once in a while i hear from him so um yeah but he moved to north carolina but um yeah well that was nice of joe to say that that's yeah cool. he said that so i would love to get joe saturani on the show and ask him what the fuck he was thinking yeah i don't know maybe he was high <laughs> <laughs> he might have had too many beers <laughs> 
We should get him on the show because he has got a new album out and I heard a snippet of it and it sounds great. He's he's yeah. always doing great stuff. So right. um he's, he's great, great musician for sure. Great musician. So we should try and get him on the show <laughs> amongst all the other people we want on the show. Um yeah. <laughs> so awesome. Bruce, when's your your new album coming out? My new album, it came out. <laughs> it came out. <laughs> No, I'm talking about the next one. Oh, the next one. It did sound funny. Like, like, I don't know what I'm going to do yet. It did sound funny, Troy, because it was like you were totally oblivious to the fact that his new album just came out. Yeah, I mean, my guitar's on the cover of Vintage Guitar Magazine. What do you want? (laughs) I know. That that was pretty pretty iconic and that was lovely, but yeah, that did sound funny. But I was thinking, I was like, what have I done lately? Is what you're yeah. saying? Yeah. I'm, I'm thinking, what are you thinking of next? Yes. Well, I have a couple ideas in the fire, uh, but I don't want to talk about them till I do them. And I really just want to start and get out and play, you know, and and well, do do my thing, you know. I mean, but that you know, I mean, obviously, we got gigs with the band from the last rec from the record just came out there's always a possibility of doing another one of those well you know there's there's calls now that i'm a nash nashvillian is that the correct yeah. word um uh there's calls for you guys to come out to nashville and play really yeah scott there's you guys are wanted out here in nashville well we're going to try to do something in the summer um I've this agent named Leo who runs Moon June Records, and he always tries to put something together in the summer, but it usually just ends up being New York and Chicago because he wants us to get a van and drive around. And that, that in my experience, has not been very profitable in the past. So I prefer to just do it with flights. But, uh, but we do have a gig in Atlanta that I could do. And that's very close to Nashville. So that would be great. If we could well, do it. what would be smart is that you guys come out and do a bunch of stuff in Nashville and we get a bunch of great players together, like Mason and, and, and I mean, Jim Oblom, there's a bunch of Jack Pearson and we get all these people on the show and then you guys do a bunch of clinics and gigs out here. That'd be awesome. That'd be awesome, man. I'm up for it. it for, for me, it would have to be in the summer. You know, around around July, August. Oh no, you should come now when it's really cold. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. What was I thinking? <laughs> you should come now when it's like I'm freezing. Okay, well, nuts I'm off. gonna I'm gonna leave right now. I'll I'll be there pretty soon. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I got a couple hours, leaving. man. I'm leaving right now. It's I'm fucking my- cold. I don't know why I'm here, to be honest. It's fucking cold. <laughs> it's even cold in LA, man. <laughs> I've turned into a big pussy because LA is so amazing weather, but uh, yeah, it's all good. But that would be fun to have you guys out here and we do a, a bunch of stuff with players out here and stuff. So mm-hmm. maybe we can make that happen. Yeah. So but anyway. Okay, guys, I got to, I got to call it. I, I've got, I've got uh, ants. I've got to let them out. man. <laughs> <laughs> I've, well, it's I've, good to see you guys, man. It's been a long while. And it's been a long time. I don't know when we're going to do a guitar wank in the studio again. That's well, you know, we could. I mean, it, when you come back, it's not COVID is not a, such a big deal now. We're all vaccinated and boosted. I'll it'd come be, over to your house and get drunk. It'd yeah. be awesome to do. I, I, I hope we can do that. 
I'm ready. Oh, I just wanted to make one real political comment before I before I go. Do it. It's not that it's not that political, but I just wanted to tell everybody I took I, I don't own all my albums. You know, m- most of my albums are owned by labels, so I could only do this with the last two. But I took them off Spotify just because I think that guy's such a jerk, and and I just want to hurt him any way I possibly can. So I took my records off Spotify, and I'm not saying that everybody should do it, but I did it. And um, just because I don't really dig the fact that he's investing in war technology. I mean, musicians in general don't like war. <laughs> I know I don't. How did, who are you so, talking about? Daniel Eck. He's the Swedish guy that owns Spotify. Fuck. And he's, he's invested something like, I don't know how much money he's invested in war technology, but I just think it's kind of sad ass that he's taking music from musicians and investing it in war technology. And also he's a big supporter of Joe Rogan and his bullshit anti-vaxxing stuff. And so, so far Neil Young and Joni Mitchell and quite a few others, they've pulled their music off Spotify and, and I know my two albums don't mean shit, but, but just trying to influence other people if they feel like it's a cool thing to do, which I think it is to show that fucker that he's not as important as he thinks he is. So I pulled my shit off Spotify and I would love to pull my whole catalog off Spotify, but I don't own it. So I can't. Uh, so it, you know, uh, it'll be interesting to see how many musicians follow suit. Cause uh, obviously be. Neil, Neil Young and Jody Mitchell copied you, right? Oh, of course. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I heard Yoko Ono threatened to put music on Spotify. <laughs> I know. That's so great. I saw that on Facebook and and everybody's doing ads like that, like for really bad bands. Like, you know, this terrible band is threatening to put their music on Spotify. <laughs> That's fucking so awesome. hilarious, man. That's awesome. Oh, my God. Yeah, all right. No, it, it didn't have anything to do with money for me because streaming services are streaming services. I I even have my music on streaming services that pay nothing. Yeah, you know yeah. because it's just sort of like an ad. You know, it's like a movie trailer. Hopefully, they'll hear it and say, "Oh, I'd like to have this." You know, living on my i uh, on my iPhone or somewhere, so I don't have to be online to listen to it. But you know, it's not a big deal. I, I, streaming services are here to stay. It's just this one particular guy that really just turns my stomach. I'd like to punch him in his fucking face. I think that's a pretty good call, to be honest, Scott. I think that, yeah. I mean, what the yeah. fuck? I mean, come on. Yeah, I just don't like him personally, so I would like to take a shit on his head. <laughs> I second that. <sighs> And I will I'll do my best to get diarrhea for that uh, event. See, I can't say that kind of shit on Facebook because I'll end up in jail. God damn it. <laughs> well, I got to say, it was it was really good catching up with you guys again, yeah, all three man. of us together. Um, let's do it again. And um, I would, I'm going to do my best to try and get you bastards out here to Nashville. That would be great. I would like to go. Like I say, I'm leaving right now. <laughs> Boy, I got to tell you, man. Um, in my history with traveling in the United States with tribal tech and with various other bands, I have never played in Nashville. All right. This is a disgrace. So this is a disgrace. Really amazing to play there. And wow. I, I don't, we just never made it happen. I know there's at least three people here that know who you are. So, <laughs> Dude, if you can get three people in the audience for my gig, I'll be there. 
I just saw I just saw um, a guitarist here who works at the Belmont um, University, um, Mike. Uh, I'm going to Valaris, Mike Valaris. I just saw Mike play, and uh, and and he was playing a, a lovely Sir Strat and some Sir mm-hmm. Amps at the Rudy's Jazz Club. Okay, I see. I don't even know about Rudy's Jazz Club. Great nice. club, great nice. room. It sounded yeah. great. It was a great night. Um, thank you, Mike. And um, Mike, you know, Tom, Mike, sorry, Mike, go ahead. Mike, who works at Belmont, did talk about having you and Bruce come out and do some clinics and shows at the university here. So he said, let's hook it up. Yeah. Have you heard Tom Hemby? No, I haven't. But he's another guitar player in Nashville. Great, great kind of jazz fusion player. Yeah. There's so many good musicians there. Uh, it's Crazy. ridiculous. I just went and saw Jim. Do you know Jim Oblom? I think I've heard the name, but I. He's he's I I just went and saw him. I think he's a he's such a great player, great guy. Um, he plays drums for Paul Simon. Uh huh. But he's also a badass guitar player. Yeah. And singer. You know, Jeff Berlin lives in Nashville now too. He he does. Yeah, he's been living there for like past four or five years. Oh, we should get him on the show. Yeah. I mean, Jeff's a great guy, fun guy. Yeah. Uh, we should. Yeah, there's a lot of people in Nashville I want to get on the show. So, you know, but it'd be great to so, have you guys out here. Do you plan on coming back to L.A.? Are you going to stay there? No. Um, LAPD are looking for me. And oh. I'm gonna... <laughs> Why didn't I know that? <laughs> so I'm going to stay here for a little bit. No, we're going to go back and we're going to go back and forth. I'm bi coastal now. Uh huh. I always wanted to be bi. So now I am. You've always been a little bi curious. I am bi curious. I'm bi. (laughs) Yeah. So I'm here in. He's he's bisexual. He has to pay for it. (laughs) 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 I'm enjoying. Hey, look, look at this baby, Scott. Look at this, my new baby. Whoa. Nice, man. A nice new Duesenberg. I, I got to say, I'm loving this guitar. Thank you to the Duesenberg people for making me pay for it. <laughs> uh-huh. Oh, they didn't give it to you for free? No, no they don't know who the fuck I am. But I got to say, I'm loving their guitar. Loving the Duesenberg. Nice uh-huh. So, um, yeah. But anyway, um, yeah, I'm going to work to see if I can get you guys out here. But so good to hang out with you guys, and I can't wait to hang out in person. Yeah, I forgot to tell everybody, just in case you don't know, the 14th season of RuPaul's Drag Race is out. <laughs> and everybody should watch it because it's great and it's funny as hell. I'll and, put that in my calendar. I oh, calendar. man, there's this There's this one. <laughs> uh, let's see. Let me find her name real quick. <laughs> one, like one second. <laughs> one second. <laughs> Give me just a second. I'm gonna find it. Okay, here it is. Uh, her name is uh, Carrie Colby. Woo! Let me tell you, that's one hot-looking girl. <laughs> but and I guess she started out as the guy, and then she—I think she's transsexual, so she had the operation. But she was sporting some outfits last week and me and my daughter were watching it and we were just going, whoa, 
So, you know, and she's funny. Well, and, and, and there's another uh, girl on that show. Her name is Cornbread with a K. <laughs> and there is nothing that she says that won't make you fall on the floor laughing. <laughs> maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe Guitar Wank can become a sponsor. I think I think that Guitar Wank and RuPaul Drag Race should hook up and do a double <laughs> show, <laughs> and it would I, be fantastic. I I would love that. What was that restaurant on Melrose Avenue with um? Was it Chin Chins or something? No, I don't remember. What was the restaurant at Melrose? And it was a Vietnam, I think it was Vietnamese or something like that. Or, uh-huh. And it was all tranny, all transvestites. Uh-huh. And they were gorgeous. I mean, they were really ridiculously good. Oh, dude. Uh, there's a, there's a, there's a place like that in Osaka, Japan. And you go in there to eat and drink and eat dinner. And they come to your table and tell jokes and they're really funny and it just it's it's a it's a great hang Wait, bruce is turning the lights off we're gonna go oh yeah i gotta go really <laughs> uh, but uh you know where are you going bitch just, just go ahead and uh, write down all the all the places i should visit and on my way to nashville i'll check them out okay <laughs> <laughs> all right all right okay well, okay love so you guys be go, safe go rams Uh, Go Rams. Go Rams. Rams. All right. All right. We'll see you bitches later. See ya.